Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. What if I told you imaginary friends are real? This is just so exciting. This Friday, get ready for the movie event with the greatest cast you've ever imagined. Showtime. Ryan Reynolds, John Krasinski, Kaylee Fleming, Fiona Shaw, Phoebe Waller-Bridge, Louis Gossett Jr., Matt Damon, Emily Blunt, George Clooney, Maya Rudolph, Bradley Cooper, Sebastian Maniscalco, John Stewart, Sam Rockwell, Aquafina, Keegan-Michael Key, and Steve Carell. I need to throw up or I need a snack. It's one of the two. Gross. If. Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Written and directed by John Krasinski. Happy NFL game day. Welcome to the Early Edge powered by Sportsline. I'm Grace Remington, and you know the drill before we begin. Please like this video, sub- subscribe to the Sportsline YouTube channel, or if you are listening via podcast later, please subscribe to our show wherever you listen to your pods. Let's take a look at how we did last night during week four of the college football season. 13, 10, and 2, our overall record after a monster weekend of college football. Lots of unders lots of reasons for that kind of some mediocre offenses out there really good defenses and of course that new play clock rule but lots more picks this season coming up on Sportsline. remember to subscribe for all of your best bets let's get our week three preview of the nfl underway here and bring in the crew and we got a full house today we got rj white we got berg bets we got larry hartstein and even Matt Snyder is joining us at the top of the show this time. What a lovely surprise. <laughs> okay, guys. Uh, we are going to break this down a little bit differently than we've been doing. We're going to pick out our favorite storylines from the 1 o'clock slate and then the 4 o'clock slate. So, the Maestro, why don't you start us off on this 1 o'clock slate? What's the storyline that's sticking out to you? Well, that Browns-Titans game is very interesting because Deshaun Watson looked horrific on national TV, and yet the Browns laying over a field goal without their best offensive player, Nick Chubb, out for an extended time. And Jerome Ford did have a 69-yard run, but other than that, only 37 yards on 15 carries. And so why are we seeing this line over a field goal against a Titans team that seems to play every game very, very tight? I think it's because nobody runs on the Titans. Number one this year against the run, number one last year against the run. This is a matchup where Nick Chubb may not have mattered as much. I think that's why we're seeing this line still over a field goal. All right, Sniper, it's your big moment. We're finally getting a football play from you. Yeah. <laughs> what's, what's your favorite storyline here? In the in the one o'clock slate, I like the Dolphins here a lot. Uh, look, it's their home opener. They had a wild win in week one against the Chargers. Sunday night football against the Patriots. You know, a little bit of a slog there, but they still prevailed. Now they're coming home against a terrible Broncos team. Uh, the Broncos have lost two home games. Now they have to travel all the way across the country, all the way down south. I'm looking for a big Tua game here. Look at those props. Over 261.5 passing yards. I like that. But passing touchdowns is where I'm really locking in here. One and a half. It's hard for me to find a way to get fewer than two touchdown passes for Tua in this one. So that's where I'm really locking in. In the four o'clock, we're not doing that yet, right? Nope. We are staying at one o'clock. 
You are just really excited today. Yes, I am. <laughs> That's all good. Uh, hopefully, our viewers are excited as well. Remember, uh, if you hear something you like on this show, you can go place your wager over at BetMGM. New BetMGM customers can sign up today and get $200 in bonus bets. Just place your first wager of at least $10, has to be $10, and you will receive $200 instantly in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome with the bonus code EDGE200. So you can win or lose. You still get the bonus bets. Just remember, EDGE200 is the bonus code. All right, Bob, coming to you now. You are looking at Chargers Vikings, the highest total of the day at 54. It's the only one in the 50s. What has caught your eye in this one? Yeah, so for this game, there'll be no Austin Eckler. He was out with an, an ankle injury again. Joey Bosa is also listed as questionable. But the big thing that I was really looking at was Brandon Staley could very well be coaching for his job. I know he's basically been coaching for his job the past two seasons with his questionable callings and crunch time. And then, of course, their playoff performance last year in Jacksonville with that 31-30 to loss. But even without Eckler, I wouldn't be surprised if the Chargers rally for Brandon Staley. This is an offense that averages 29 points per game. And while Minnesota does have – uh, Justin Jefferson, Jordan Addison, they're only rushing for 34.5 yards um, a game. They're a very one-dimensional team, plus their defense has been allow has allowed a combined 54 points in the first two games. I would right now lean Chargers in this one just for the um, emotional standpoint of rallying for, for Brandon Staley against this weak defense. And I will also add that since 2014, when two 0-2 teams meet and that they have a projected win total, of nine or more wins for that season. That team is nine and zero straight up and eight and two against the spread. So this would imply a play on the chargers since their win total for this season was set at nine and a half and the Vikings win total was set at eight and a half. Also, this applies for the Monday night game for Bengals Rams in favor of the Bengals. And Larry, I know you had some thoughts on this chargers defense being <laughs> as historically bad as it looks. You had a cool stat. Yeah, well, uh, 6.9 yards per play, easily the worst given up in the league. The Bears are next, and that's down at six yards a play. I'm I'm with Bob. I do like the Chargers. I just think they can't be possibly be this bad based on everything we thought coming into this season. But I do need to see Bosa. I hope he's out there on the field. But, Grace, if I could, I want to touch on one other early game before we, mm -hmm. we move on to 4 p.m., and that is the Packers Saints. We have a new column up at Sportsline, where each week we are diving into the tendencies of the officials. And this is with help from Joe Gibbs, who runs the NFL Ref Stats account. And we have the number one over ref in Green Bay. And it's interesting because the Saints have gone under in eight straight games and they can't seem to score in the red zone. But we're going over 42, a pretty reasonable number. Of course, we want to see some of those Packers skill players out there to help us get over the total. But this guy is averaging 116 yards of penalties. 25% of his flags have gone on the secondary. So you got to watch for the defensive pass interference, illegal uh, contact, defensive holding. He loves to throw those flags. And his two games this year have averaged 51. So let's get over 42 in Green Bay. I love it. We're looking at weather. We're looking at stadium dimensions, location. Now we're looking at officiating stats. You can only get it here at Sportsline. And there were two more game picks in that article that Larry mentioned. That is all included in your Sportsline membership. We are moving on to the 4 o'clock slate, but first, a word from one of our sponsors. Love our friends over at HQ, and of course, our cappers are appearing on those shows all day, 
every day. So make sure you just keep HQ on in your living room, your kitchen, your office, wherever you watch. Um, moving on to the 4 o'clock slate now, RJ, you are looking at the Bears at the Chiefs. Chiefs a 13-point favorite at the moment. A highly dysfunctional week for the Bears. So what would you like to focus on in this game? Yeah, earmuff Snyder. It's not going to be not going to be great. Uh, fire the DC under under weird circumstances. You know, a lot of rumors there. Um, some equipment stolen. I think over a hundred thousand dollars in equipment stolen. And that's all with Justin Fields' comments coming out saying he's thinking too much on the field. He needs to get. He, he seemed to imply he needs to get the coaches out of his head. Now he goes back and says it's not a coaching problem. It's a me problem. So just a lot going on there. Um, so it's interesting. This this spot would typically be a spot where you fade Kansas City. They are six and ten against the spread as more than ten point favorites since 2018 when Mahomes joined the team. Um, but with all that dysfunction, I don't know if you want to do that. The better play to look here is the under. The under is 11 and five in those same games where Kansas City is more than a ten point favorite. But three of those losses, three of the times the over hit came on the road. So when they are at home, they are 11 and two to the under in these spots where they're huge favorites. So if you're going to play anything in this game, I think the under makes sense. We got it at 49 and a half on the site early in the week based on these numbers. Um, and I, and even at 48 and a half, which I think is in the market now, I like it. Yeah. Justin Fields had mentioned, he feels like he needs to play more to his strengths, which would be his legs and sniper. You're staying in this game. That's kind of where you're looking. Yeah. It, it, look, he only threw over for over 200 yards twice last year. He's been over that both times this year. He hit the over in both of the first two games in terms of his passing yards props. And I thought that heading into the year, the Bears were going to focus more on trying to make him stay in the pocket, trying to pass more. And I think that after everything we saw this past week between the press conferences and fields going back and like, hey, I said coaching in the press conference, but then I didn't say it. And it's the media's fault. I'm trying to divide the team. As RJ said, he's going to get back to his strength now. I think there's going to be more running. Passing prop, I would go under on the passing yards because I don't think that they're going to hit that, even though they're going to be behind all game. Rushing yards, 60 and a half is the last total I saw. I'm going to go over on the rushing yards. I don't think there's going to be as much passing today. I think that we're going to see more. There was, there was a time about halfway through last season, maybe about a third of the way through last season, where everybody was talking about why don't the Bears call more runs? for Justin Fields instead of trying to make him stay in the pocket. And then all of a sudden the play calling just changed. I think we're going to see that change today. No bears Jersey today for you, Matt. You gave up that easily. I'm, I'm disillusioned. I threw it against the wall. Uh, <laughs> actually both of the first two weeks. So I I'm not, I'm sparing the Jersey today. It's retired for now. Yeah. Uh, okay. Another young quarterback that everyone was excited to watch. We won't get to see him today because Bryce young is out. Uh, but Panthers, they are four and a half to five point dog at the Seahawks. Bob, the injury report here is what you want to focus on. Yeah, you hit on it to start. Bryce Young is out with an, uh, with an ankle injury, so we're going to get Andy Dalton starting today for the Panthers. Also, linebacker Justin Houston is questionable for the Panthers as well. And then on the Seattle side, we, all, we have DK Metcalf, Jamal Adams, Julian Love, Quadri Diggs, and Jaron Reed, all questionable along with Charles Cross, um, still still out. So, and then I was also looking at the forecast. This is calling for rain throughout the entire game with 9 to 10-mile-an-hour winds and possible wind gusts ranging from 14 to 23 miles an hour. Um, could be a grinded-out game, and I'll have more on this game for my best bets. I am curious to know, 
I'm just going to open it up to the floor here. Is going from Bryce Young to Andy Dalton an upgrade or a downgrade, do we think? It is an upgrade for the short term, downgrade for the long term. But that veteran presence there, I mean, Bryce Young's thrown for less than 200 yards each, each game, um, and they just have not had a passing offense to to hang their hat on. So Andy Dalton, being the veteran, not a great quarterback, but can get it done. Um, I would expect their passing offense to, to look better today. I agree it could look a little bit better, but two issues. He doesn't have the mobility, and Bryce Young uh, was showing very good mobility to keep those you know, garbage-time drives alive, which got us the backdoor cover on Monday Night Football. But the other thing is guys just aren't getting open. Uh, so I think Andy Dalton is going to get the ball out quick, but if you look at the receivers, there's not a lot of separation. Uh, they don't have great weapons around him, and that's my biggest concern about Andy Dalton taking over in some bad conditions, as Bob mentioned. All right. I would have to agree. Short-term upgrade. Yeah. Bryce Young's still a true rookie at this point. I'll take the vet. One more game we're looking at here. RJ, you got the Cowboys a almost two-touchdown favorite. They are minus 13 on the spread at the Cardinals. What do you like here? Yeah, this game's interesting. Arizona lost both their games as expected, but they covered both games and then looked more competitive than anybody gave them credit for. They're a better team than the market expects, which I think they expect them to be historically bad. Uh, the look ahead was 10 and a half here. This line is now inflated to 13. It's like Arizona's not getting any credit for how not bad they're playing. I won't say good, but I'll say not bad because they're <laughs> in these games. Uh, the market was already high on Dallas, so it's not like them blowing out Zach Wilson-led team at home um, should give them any more credit. So I don't really get this line inflation. Dallas's defense does have great depth, but losing their top cornerback is never ideal, which they did in practice this week. And the, and the market didn't care. It, it's, it inflated even more to 13 from 12 and a half. So it's just if you're going to play that game, you got to play Arizona. There's no value on the Dallas end. All right. Good to know. We are going to our best bets next. But first, one more word from one of our sponsors. All right, let's get some baseball. Sniper, thank you for enlightening us with your baseball picks. because We're all excited about football. Um, you are staying in Chicago where the Cubs have hope hopefully given you a little bit more joy this year. They are fighting for a wild card spot, but you got a hitter prop. So what do you like? Yes. Uh, well, a little bit more joy. It's been incredibly <laughs> hit or miss with this team. It's relative. It's really hot and cold. <laughs> yes. But somebody who has totally been hot in the second half is Seiya Suzuki. I'm going to go over one and a half hits plus runs plus RBIs. It's juicy, but. It's going to be worth the squeeze here, as Coach likes to say. He's hitting 305 with a 567 slugging percentage in the second half. If we isolate it just to August and September, he's hitting 354 with a 681 slugging in 43 starts in August and September. 56 hits, 32 runs, 35 RBIs. That is about three and a half per or three, sorry, just three per game on this prop, which is about double hitting it so he he should go over in this one i think rather easily he's been hitting sixth he should be a little higher in the lineup it's a complaint that i'll take up with david ross at some point in the future we don't need to get into that now but it's a prime <laughs> rbi spot a little bit deeper in the order um facing rocky's left-hander type block the cubs just saw him last week so a little bit of familiarity there for Saya on the quick turnaround so i i think that we're gonna get this one pretty early here i i think he, he'll have a hit with an rbi pretty early in the game and then we'll be over and that is it for the baseball props today so all the football only people you can settle down i'm done <laughs> Uh, Suzuki just reached the 20 home run mark in a season for the first time in his career. So yeah, let's keep that momentum going. Uh, Bob, you kind of teased to this. You got more in the Panthers game picking a side. Who do you like? 
Yeah, I'm going to roll with the Panthers here, plus five. Um, public is very heavy on the on the Seattle side. But Carolina still has a very above-average defense. They're 13 in the league in opponents uh, scoring per game with uh, holding their opponents to 22 points. Uh, and this is all despite their injuries to J.C. Horn, Shaq, Tom, Shaq Thomas, and like I said, Justin Houston is now questionable for today. Uh, this line got to as high as six and a half. Um, it continues to move in uh, the Carolina favor with uh, four and a half and fives out there currently. Uh, Seattle comes off a very high scoring overtime win against Detroit. So they may be due for some regression here after that game. Uh, Their defense is allowing 30.5 points per game. And as we all mentioned, uh, the Panthers are struggling offensively. They're only averaging 13.5 points per game. But I think, and uh, Larry and RJ kind of agree, we could see some positive uh, regression here with Dalton taking over with that, with that veteran presence. Um, He doesn't have the mobility like Bryce Young does. But I think he will be able to make some of those throws that I think that Bryce Young was like a little hesitant um, to to make when uh, the pressure's coming in. That really all depends on the offensive line. Um, if Dalton is able to get at least a little bit of time, I think he can make some of those throws that Young was unable to make. So I'm going to roll with Panthers plus five today. We got a lot of synergy on this show, something we love to see. So Larry, why don't you keep it going? You got a variety of bets for us today. Yeah, well, and I'll start off in that same game, Carolina. I like the rookie receiver, Jonathan Mingo, over his receiving yards, over 36 and a half. You know what? He played more snaps than any other receiver. Got eight targets. He has a big frame at 6'2", 225. And this is a guy who can break tackles with that strength. So I expect Andy Dalton to get the ball out quick, hopefully to Jonathan Mingo, and he can go over this number, especially if the game script is like the spread indicates that they're playing from behind. Um, I do like Jonathan Mingo. Uh, Uh, He has been kind of under the radar because Bryce Young has not been that efficient, uh, but his usage is off the charts, both out wide and in the slot over 36 and a half there. And then this is the most obvious play on the board, but Tyreek Hill over six and a half catches against the Broncos. Jalen Waddell is out. So now the route tree is Tyreek Hill, Tyreek Hill, Tyreek Hill, and then maybe Braxton Berrios or River Craycraft. This guy has 24 targets already. Uh, I just love this play. Uh, He's going to be featured extensively extensively against the Broncos team that is missing uh, Justin Simmons. So I love this play. And then RJ talked about the Arizona Cardinals getting 13 points. You know that Cowboys have three starting O-linemen who are questionable for today. They added the left tackle to the report. Tyler Smith is coming back, but he hasn't played yet this season. So an offensive line in complete flux for the Cowboys. They just want to get a win and get out. And of course, they lose uh, one of their starting cornerbacks to a terrible injury. The Cardinals have been feisty. They are 0-2. And there's a lot of systems that support playing on the 0-2 team as a big underdog in week three. It cashes about two-thirds of the time. Let's have the Cardinals lose by 10 and we'll cash this bet. Yeah, the Cardinals have been surprising for a team that was supposed to start tanking before the season even started. Uh, I love it all, Larry. RJ, uh, you got three picks for us, starting with one that was your look-ahead last week. So where are you taking us? Yeah, we took a look ahead seven and a half Jags. We thought the line was going to go up. It did initially. It went up to as high as nine and a half. Market has driven it back down. I guess they are sold on this Houston team, which the pass offense did look solid behind a patchwork offensive line last week. But that was a lot in garbage time. I think they were down 18 at halftime. And um, and I don't think that's indicative of they're playing a competitive game. Uh, so you say, OK, well, they can maybe get it done in garbage time here. That garbage time 
scoring they did got it to within 10 last week. And so Jacksonville won by 10 in Indy, Indy won by 11 in Houston. I don't see how Jacksonville doesn't win this game by 10 plus. Houston's defense collapsed with safety injuries last week. Now two cornerbacks are out. Jacksonville's offense is going to rebound after their tough Kansas City matchup. They're going to score a ton here. Um, but I just don't see it with this team with how beat up they are in Houston um, that you you can back them even even with at the eight and a half, nine, nine that came down from here. So seven and a half still love the Jaguars. It's the best bet is my first one. My second one going over to a team total like we've done the first two weeks. We're going to look at that Carolina game. I'm going to go back to it like these other guys have and go Carolina's team total over 17 and a half. There's been no reason to, to respect the Carolina pass offense uh, to this point, like I said. But I think Andy Dalton changes that a little bit, not just with the receivers. I know they don't have great receiving talent, but Hayden Hurst had a big game in week one. And Andy Dalton can hit the tight end for sure. Um, Young has far more upside long term, but Dalton, I think, is better now, like we said. And that's Seattle defense. We, you know, uh, Berg Betts talked about it. Kobe Bryant out. Tyreek Woolen, Tariq Woolen is, is, looks like he's going to be out. He's doubtful. Jamal Adams was questionable. He's not coming back. He's not expected to play. But it's just a mess there for and defense. So Carolina seems like they're going to get to 20 points in this game. Seattle gave up 30 points and five and a half yards per play to the Rams, 31.6 and a half yards per play to Detroit. And even if Carolina doesn't get into that territory, 20 points should be definitely doable. My last best bet is going to be a prop going to Kirk Cousins, going over 292 and a half pass yards at minus 115. Look, the Chargers' pass defense is abysmal, and they were last last week despite facing Ryan Tannehill, who was the worst quarterback in week one. There's given up too many big plays, and Minnesota's offense thrives on big plays. Um, we've seen in the first two weeks when Kirk Cousins has thrown for 340-plus yards in each game. Uh, Minnesota's run offense, awful. They just traded for Cam Akers. He's not going to be a factor today. Um, so they're just going to be throw, throw, throw again against the defense that can't stop the throw. I don't see how Cousins doesn't have another 300-yard day. So love Cousins to go over 292-and-a-half passing yards yep like that one the chargers defense last in the league in pass yards per game yards per play and opposing qbr all right let's get to the recap screen if you're listening grab that notepad if you're watching take a screenshot rj is on the jags minus seven and a half at minus 110 the panthers team total over 17 and a half at minus 120 and kurt cousins over 292 and a half passing yards at minus 115. The Maestro is on the Cardinals as a dog, plus 13 at minus 110. Tyreek Hill with Jalen Waddell out over six and a half receptions at minus 133. And Jonathan Mingo over 36 and a half receiving yards at minus 111. Bob is on the Panthers plus five at minus 110. And the sniper on Suzuki of the Cubs over one and a half hits, runs, and RBIs at minus 165. Now we are not done just yet rj has got the look ahead line for us and you've been crushing this you're two of two so far so which game are you looking at for week four yeah, this one a little, little bit more apprehensive about because it seems like the market really likes this Washington team. But I like Philly minus seven against Washington. Uh, B- Buffalo was minus six at Washington for much of the week. And isn't Philly better than Buffalo? You flip the home field advantage and this line says, no, we think that Buffalo is the better team. But I think it's giving Philly a little bit of disrespect here. Washington has had to come back twice against bad teams to be 2-0. and It's not like they're playing well despite their record. And Philly won't have played by the time this opens tonight. So if you want a small hedge, I mean, you can bet the Washington money line against Buffalo as that's the only way I don't think this line goes up from seven um, once we get the reopen here later in the day. 
All right, go ahead, place that bet now. RJ tends to be right on these. That's going to be a wrap for us at the Early Edge. Thank you for watching. We have more NFL coverage coming up at noon Eastern and 7.30 before the Sunday night football game. And as always, we are here every single day at 10 a.m. Eastern. For RJ, Bob, the maestro, and the sniper, I'm Grace Armington. Have a happy NFL game day, and we'll see you at the pay window.